Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? The show where I will uncover the stories of domestic abuse survivors. I'm your host, Maya Hoover. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? My name is Maya Huber, and I am the host of What Was Her Name? Uh, Today is Mama Monday, the best day, and I'm here with Caroline Michael Hammond. And um, yeah, Mama uh, Mentor, I'm just so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. So as you guys know, we um, took in uh, questions from you guys, and today we're going to be answering some of them and we're just kind of going to get into it and just start just start answering them and obviously all these questions are anonymous but um yeah these are questions from the abuse community and the people in this community who are trying to sort through life aftermath present abuse all the things so let's get started um okay so i have an anonymous person saying uh mm, should I wait to date until custody is more concrete? Great question. Mm-hmm. The choice is yours if you want to date before custody is concrete, but I would be very hesitant to introduce your children to anyone you're dating during that time. Mm-hmm. I would also encourage people to keep that life separate, even in the form of, which I always encourage anyway, a Google phone number, because if it gets contentious within custody and they start asking for you know, text message records and all of that, you've, you've kept your dating life separate from your kids. So a, it gives you the confidence to say, I'm keeping my dating life separate from your kids. And this isn't your business. And my kids have never met this person. And it's not even showing up in your own cell phone. Google, Google phone numbers again are free. You get one, you pick one out of a wide variety of numbers. And that Google phone number rings through to your cell, but it comes through to your cell. Your personal cell is unidentifiable. And so it keeps everything from text to the phone calls housed in that Google phone number, which keeps your life as it relates to custody separately from anything that could be brought into the court system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also like even just in that question, I think that I mean, I know that people have different opinions in the community. And I know there are some people who say like, yeah, dating is like a hard no. Um, And I think there's also like a lot of shame surrounding like the idea of dating in like current court proceedings. But I just want to like preface, like there's no shame in having a desire to like date. Um, I think that's like a very real desire to have. And I think when it's done in wisdom, like Caroline's talking about, and it's done in safeguarding first, like the most important thing, right? Which is like your child um, and really creating those boundaries. Then I think that, um, I think that's a lot safer of a place to be when you're dating. Um, But I think there's, this is like such a, we're this is such a complex question because dating during custody is just so hard. I definitely dated during this process of custody. It's been three years. So it's really hard. You know, some people would say, no, do not date, but you're in a court proceedings for, you know, three plus years. These can go for a really long time. Are you supposed to just put your entire life on hold during that time? I don't know. I know some people disagree with me. I personally think that like Caroline said, if you have these parameters and you like keep your kid, you know, 
separate and you have maybe like a different number that you communicate through or <laughs> staying off social media. It's something I didn't do, which I wish I would have done. <laughs> and then like, you know, there's different things. It's all trial and error. Um, but obviously this is the point of this is for it to not be trial and error so that, you know, there's advice that you can follow moving forward. And I think that's, I think you set that up perfectly, Maya. I'm also going to add a little bit of a caveat there. This is, I'm, I'm making from a trauma informed certified coach, what I am saying in your choices, excuse me, they are yours. I also hope that you take the time to learn about yourself, to take the time to check into your body about what feels good and what doesn't. Because I will also say from the work that I do across the country, women can tend to jump into a relationship that's just like the one they're leaving. If they haven't really identified what the process was in that marriage and how it led to the point of divorce and really dig into themselves Hmm. about what they want in life. And also this might raise a little eyebrows, get people a little angry, but we all play roles in our relationships. So what was the role that we played there? And did we stop using our voice? Were we allowed to be squashed? Did we get to the point where we stopped speaking up for ourselves or our children? Did we, all of these things, did we give over financial control? Did we, all of these things that definitely need to be addressed before you start dating? Now, I will say, if you want to casually date and do whatever you want to do, and you're not looking for a relationship, then keep your phone separate. If you're actually looking for, hey, this might be somebody that I want to pursue to have them be my next person, then do that inner work before you start dating. Um, and so that you can really figure out what it is about yourself and have the next healthy relationship for you, your kids and your pets, everybody matters. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I think that ties into even like we talk about learning to learning to listen to your body. And when you don't know how to do that, like dating is really hard because like, you don't feel like, you know, what your intuition is saying. We have episodes on this as well within dating um, that you can go back and listen to additionally. Um, but I think it's a really good question and a super valid question. And this question reappeared and popped up multiple times. So I think it's knocking out a few birds here. So good. And, and ladies, and I'm assuming it's majority ladies mm-hmm. own yourselves. Like don't go into this mode of I have to, as a punishment, maybe because I had to have a divorce that I need this. It's not a punishment, man, jump in if you want, but do the hard work on yourself and make sure you're protected from a court stance with keeping your dating life separate from your children. Mm. Yeah. So good. Um, okay. Help for filing in order of protection before trial. I'm so scared to see him. Okay. So that's a big question. And Maya and I are, are want to make sure we get to a lot of questions today. So I'm going to give an answer here and then we'll mark this to come back and flesh it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're filing for the order of protection, um, the best resource that I think you can use is to go to domesticshelters.org, domesticshelters.org, plug in your zip code. In that zip code, up will pop all the domestic violence shelters in your area. Call them. 
domestic violence shelters, you do not have to live there in order to take advantage of their services. And most of them in one city or another have someone that actually walks you through filing of the restraining order. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to do it alone. And that way they can help prepare you for court um, so that you are aware about how to handle yourself in court. Go back and listen to the episode that's entitled Brownies, because we talk in that one about how to navigate the court system when you have to be in court and how to make sure that emotionally you are prepared for court. So go listen to that episode again. But to find the right people locally to you, go through usedomesticshelters.org, plug in your zip code, find the, the domestic violence shelter that works with people in your area, they will help you file it and they will help you get ready for court. So when you walk in, you will have a friendly face waiting for you, making sure that you're okay. They mm -hmm. also station people around the courtroom to make sure that the people they're serving are protected. And mm -hmm. there are also usually guards in the courtroom that would make you uh, make sure that you're protected. So there's a lot of dynamics in there, but that'd be the first step to give you confidence and then go listen to brownies. And we talk about how to behave in the court system when you're actually there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Self-regulation is like huge and tips and tools. But so kudos to the, to the people who asked that question, because some people don't think about that. Right. And then they show up to court and their body wigs out and they, they can't be them best selves mm -hmm. and they end up getting marginalized and possibly having negative outcomes in that court proceeding right. because they are so unhinged. And I say unhinged with the greatest amount of love because I have been unhinged. Yeah. So, so anyone who asked that question, like gold star day of a human and the thought process you're going through because you're recognizing this needs help here. And you're exactly right. Right. Yeah. I agree entirely. Um, also, uh, let's see. I also think like, just in regards to filing an order of protection, like I went into the, when I went into the courthouse, um, something I didn't know, and maybe it's just like, everyone knows this. I didn't know that you can't bring your phone into the courthouse. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I keep like a lot of notes on my phone. And so I think it's really helpful to even have like very clear points of like what you need to put on the order of protection prior and really like sitting down and looking at things in your life that are substantial that you can put on an order of protection when you're needing it granted, like in the actual filing, when you're actually there, because you, you're not going to have your phone. So you need to have like a folder with you or something that you have, because it's really easy to freeze up in this time and be like, uh, you know, because it's overwhelming and it's stressful. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but I, I just think that's something that really helps is to have the information that you need and to kind of sort through or have somebody look over it and be like, what are the things that are going to be listened to here that are going to secure an order of protection and how can I have it already clear so that I'm prepared when I get there that I can just like fill out the order of protection properly. Yes. I think that's super smart. Now in my, I live in Missouri and you can bring your, for, your 
phone into the courtroom. So ask, ask the people local. It's going to change. It could change from courtroom to courtroom. It could change from county to county. So ask, but it does because we've talked about using your phone, you know, to have people send you messages because it's on vibrate and, and you know that you're loved and supported during that time. But so check with your advocate, your local advocate to see if you can bring. Also think about it this way. I think there's something truly wonderful. Let's say you get a folder. Let's say go to the dollar store. I'm big on the dollar store. Go to the dollar store, get the folders, get tabs, you know, so it looks like you've got put loose leaf in there, put a lot of loose leaf in there, put your notes in there. But Mm -hmm. imagine the visual if you're going into court and you bring out this, this folder and that looks super sharp and it tells the judge in a nonverbal way I've got my evidence. Hmm. It tells the lawyer on the other side, if they have a lawyer, she's got evidence. Right. So the visual of you taking notes and putting it in an organized way and bringing it out shows that it it sends so many nonverbal cues that also keep you calm, but also let the judge and opposing counsel know you you mean business. Right. So the visual of that is is good as well. And one of the, you know, make sure if you are um, employed, check your benefit package. Your benefit package might have Hyatt Legal Services. And if you're getting ready to sign up for benefits, depending on how your business calendar runs, or you have the opportunity to add benefits, Hyatt Legal Services is one of the names, but it's a legal service that for about $3 or less a month, that comes directly out of your paycheck, Hyatt Legal Services, that benefit to your employer of from your employer offers you a lawyer to go with you to court for a restraining order. And statistically, when you have a lawyer with you present, you have a greater propensity to have that restraining order granted to you. So look that up. Don't be just don't be alarmed if you don't have it. And don't be alarmed if you have to go yourself. You can be prepared. But if you have within your business uh, benefits, the ability to get legal services for less than $2 a month and have a lawyer go with you to court. Pretty good deal. I also think like nine times out of 10, like judges, I've noticed that it like pisses judges off when you are pro se. Um, I don't know what you think about that, Caroline, but it does. It does. And it's unfortunate. People can't hire lawyers. It's unfortunate. Um, and, but that, that's why if you come armed, you come well-dressed, you come with your folder, then you're sending a message. And there might be, again, when you work with your advocates in any city, they have pro se legal services. So my the people I love working with in my area, I just had lunch with her on Thursday. She's, she's the legal counsel and it's done for free. Mm-hmm. So look at, into the shelters that might have legal services as part of their options. Look into, if you Google for your city, um, let's say you live in Charlottesville, Charlottesville Bar Foundation, um, Santa Fe Bar Foundation, their legal and bar foundations of which lawyers have to belong to have an ancillary project where they attach foundation to it and they offer a lot of, of legal services pro bono. So look up your city and foundation or your state and legal foundation and find those in the area and contact them. And even Google surface searches for pro bono domestic violence legal services. 
and and you may find people out there. And again, the shelters you find that are local to you may already have relationships. So don't think you're alone. Like really, really do that homework for yourself and find somebody who can be an advocate for you. Also the YMCA's, Jewish Family Services, doesn't you don't have to be Jewish. All of the all of those entities that might be local to you have court advocates on staff to go with people for restraining orders. So don't think it's not out there. It is. And you can, you can do the homework to find it. Hmm. Yeah. So good. Um, okay. Let's transition. Um, I need advice how to show up for my son as my best self, because I'm reeling from the changes that we've both endured. Mm-hmm. Huh. Great question. Yeah. They're all good questions. Everyone. Thank you for submitting questions. Holy cow. We have amazing informed empathetic humans that are listening. So thank you. It depends on the age. It really depends on the age. One thing you need to to remember is when you finally, and I'm assuming that this is post-separation, that that you've you've created or started a new life where you're exchanging custody. Oftentimes kids, when they are finally in a safe space. Really quick. uh, I want to preface this person had lost. uh, Sorry, this person, the abuser was awarded 50, 50 custody. So I think that what this person's referring to is that now that this person has 50, 50, um, she's wrestling with how to show up for her son because of the changes that he's endured through 50, 50 custody. Okay, great. Thank you for clarifying. First of all, most states start with that as a baseline. So you didn't do anything wrong by an abuser getting 50-50 custody. Just had, again, when I went with met with the lawyer for lunch, I was like, can you tell me why? Uh, it's law, statute. So when you do that and kids have to tra- travel back and forth, there's one thing to remember. When kids feel safe and they're going to feel safe most likely with you, right? They act up. So you're they're going to possibly come back from your their dad's home and be agitated, or they're even going to be with you and be agitated. You need to know that they finally feel safe to express all that emotion that they've been having pent up due to how they were living before. So don't let that falter you and understand that that's where that's coming from. So how you show up for your child in that, in that instance is to start telling them, I'm so glad that you're sharing your feelings. Tell me about what you're feeling right now. Tell me where is is it making, is these, are these big feelings giving you a stomach ache? Are these big feelings making your ears itch? Where are you feeling it in your body? And really ask them to get in touch and tell them it's okay to talk to you. Tell them, Hey, things are weird right now. And I know there's big changes, but I love you no matter what. And I'm always going to be someone you can talk to and keep doing that consistently because you need to provide that safe space. What you don't want to do, and there's a lot of good research about it, and if you look at the foster system, it is prevalent. No matter what a parent does to a child or what a a child witnesses being done by one parent to another, that child is always still going to love their dad. And that's, and I'm, I'm using 
the male and, and female here and the male is an abuser, I can understand and qualify. Sometimes that's different, but let's stick with that. They are. So it becomes really important for us to be the neutrality because it allows your child to feel safe with you. And that's how you show up for them. I want you to know you're safe here. And most importantly, I want you to tell me if you don't feel good. I want you to tell me when you're, when you're, body feels weird. And I want you to tell me how you're feeling. And one thing I did with my kids growing up and a little bit different situation, but especially with boys, sometimes it's harder for them to identify their feelings. And so something will be wrong, but they don't know how to have this conversation. So I set up with my son, listen, when something is really bothering you and you can't you can't quite even find the words. You just know that something happened and it's bothering you and you don't know how to talk to me about it. Then he and I came up with the phrase, my stomach hurts. Mm. And then he didn't have to worry about spitting out exactly what was bothering him. He could just come to me and say, mom, my stomach hurts. And I'd say, you know what? Let's go hang out on the couch and watch a movie. And when we feel like talking, let's talk. Mm. And then you're watching a movie and you say, so tell me how, tell me about your stomach ache. Mm -hmm. And that gives you the ability to again, be a safe place. Mm -hmm. It lets your child know that you're ready to listen, even in the most scary things. And that's good to say too, is to say, you know, sometimes feelings are so scary and what happened is so scary, but boy, your, your heart and your brain and your body feel so much better when you can talk to someone you love and trust. And I tell you what, there's never anything you're going to tell me that's going to make me stop loving you. There is never anything that you're going to tell me that's going to make me think you're a bad kid. You are loved beyond measure. You are supported by me always and forever, no matter what happens in your life. And you can say it differently to different age groups, but little kids get that. Little, even little ones get like, I love you so much. And, and that's, sometimes hard when they are dysregulated because of all the change. So it really becomes on our part as a safe parent to create that safety for kids. And then when we don't have our children to really invest in doing our own investment in where our feelings are and what feels good in our body, because if we're not feeling ourselves, then we can't show up for our kids. So the second part of the answer for your question is, Take excellent care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Get in the sunshine. Walk in when you can. Ice water is a must. Do the things. Listen to great music. Dance. Write in a journal. Do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself and recognize your own body and what you're feeling in it so that you can show up not only for yourself, because you need to show up for yourself, but for your kids as well. Maya, add anything to that. What do you think I'm missing? Um, yeah, I think I, I don't, we said a lot, so I don't know if we covered it, but I think like, just, I think you talked about like your stomach, the stomach hurting thing, but I think like something that I do a lot for my kid is like, since, so since supervised visitations started, I've noticed an increase in poor behavior and his school has as well. And, um, I really focus on even 
like sometimes it's really hard to show up and you may feel like just being around them is showing up, but sometimes it really is even five minutes of intentional time. I think that many mothers in this space who are navigating post the aftermath of abuse um, feel like some of their motherhood has been stolen from them because they are just trying to get by, but they feel maybe emotionally removed sometimes because they're, you know, dealing with like the aftermath of trauma. Um, and even if it's like five minutes of a very intentional time with your kid matters. And just like, even like five minutes of like, I don't know, just like sitting and playing cars um, with your kid or dolls or whatever it is, uh, or hide and seek. And like, even if you need to do those in increments, like throughout the day, um, having like specific time set aside for your kid to show up for your kid um, as your best self. Um, and I also think like you said, like, um, I, I often like ask my son, like what he's feeling. So like, if I notice like a really large reaction to something, I've, I'm like, okay, this isn't really like your temperament or your character. I think I know that what this is coming from. I don't say that though. So I'll say like, do you feel, um, and I'll like list a couple of emotions and he has, since he's gotten older, been able to say like, I feel sad. I feel mad. I feel angry. I feel frustrated, which is cultivating a voice in him. Like this person has 50, 50 custody. So I don't know. It's probably the kid is going over there. And so it's like, they're learning to cultivate a voice within themselves to communicate to that parent who sounds unsafe that these are their emotions that they have and like cultivating a space where as they come home, they can say, I have these emotions. I feel this. And so I do that a lot at home as well in trying to show up for my kid um, is like cultivating in him a way to communicate uh, what he's feeling, the big emotions and being able to identify the big emotions. Because I think as we like lay that groundwork now as kids, as their kids, um, as they get older, there will likely be things that they'll have to work through in, you know, the damage that happens in shared custody, unfortunately. Yep. And um, when they have that groundwork of like, oh, I feel really mad right now, or I feel really angry, or I feel really scared. It's like laying that groundwork as they get older. Um, so yeah, those are just two things that I think in showing up for my kid that's so simple is like five minutes a day of like true intentional time. I go on a date with my kid. I try to go like once a week or every other week and we'll go out to like our favorite restaurant and it's just me and him and we'll sit and we'll be present and he loves it. He's always so excited and it's so fun and creates like a joy for me um, because it's like self-care for me, but it's also like self-care for him. So it's kind of nice. I love that. There are lots of things that you can do in your community that would be free, especially if finances are tight. Um, I, I think the one of the best ways to heal children are animals. So if you even go to like a local pet smart or, and watch the fish or go look at the guinea pigs, if you go to a local dog shelter, find the dog shelters track who are kid friendly and you can go walk dogs for free with your child. You can sit and play and throw a ball with a dog for your child. You can do that with cats too. They know they organize the animals based on kid friendly. And so they're always looking for volunteers and they need help to take care of the animals and doing that not only gets your child out into community, but puts them in the healing presence of animals. And I think that's amazing. And one of the things that allows you to do is that intentional time, like Maya just said. Um, the other part to remember is when you are regulating yourself, 
and you are investing in yourself that I'll, I'll use myself as an example. So this, this didn't happen. <laughs> this happened actually during my marriage um, that their dad would always say, you know what? She's just crazy. I would issue a punishment. I would be the crazy one. I would have a big emotional reaction over something that deserved a big re emotional reaction. I'd be the crazy one. So my kids grew up thinking from a trusted parent and, and we were still married. Well, she's crazy. And so the more I didn't discover this until they told me when they were in their twenties and now they're in their late twenties and thirties. So imagine like finding out the person you were married to for all those years, um, had been laying groundwork to undermine you and actually put you in a negative light. Well, that happens a lot, right? When we're especially in divorce situations. So I'm using myself as an example. So what I learned is in the regulation of myself now that I know, it's really important. And it's really important to, to look at a custody arrangement with the best intentions, but knowing that if something negative is being said about you, how you react at home is the difference maker. And that's none of your business really to know if something is. What I'm saying is it's a foundational reason to, <clears throat> reason to always invest in yourself so that you do show up in a way that is even and that you do show up in a way that is positive for when your kids are around. And one big way you can do that, I've done a lot of homework because how can I help people when I didn't know this was happening for 20 years? How can I help people who also might know it's happening? Um, one mom's battle, one mom's battle.com has 54, what they call yellow rock statements, yellow rock statements or statements that you can make to your children's father that are neutral. Because oftentimes when you've escaped and, and feelings are high, you're getting like, negative, nasty things, or you're wondering why the custody is always changing and it happens to fall on Christmas, which is yours. It allows you to communicate in a neutral way, which keeps your regulation of nervous system neutral, allows your children to witness you being neutral and delivering these statements. And it keeps from flaring. It keeps from you jumping into defending yourself. It keeps from you like having an elevated reaction. It allows you to start to learn how to co-parent in a neutral way so that you yourself are not activated. And again, it's yellow rock statements, pick out five of them, use them over and over and over again. You don't have to mix it up. Um, and then that way it allows you to remain neutral, use some pat answers. And then you're eventually, it's like training a dog. You're going to train your ex-spouse to know that they're not getting anything from you. Mm -hmm. And allows you to keep that neutrality that you're, you need for your own nervous system and your children need for their nervous system. Yeah, so good. So good. Um, okay, last question is, should there be a timeline on when to transition to dating from talking? Hmm. Um, I love talking to Caroline about dating, by the way. <laughs> I'm always like Caroline what like we have gone through a journey the last like 
years. It's just hilarious. And so every time someone asks a question on dating, I'm like, ooh, Caroline, what do you think? Because I'm, I'm low <laughs> Maya, I think you have a feeling of what I think. I think you've heard what I think. The first thing from transitioning into talking into dating is to honor your body. Ladies, the amount of time I hear from people, you know what? He said this, but maybe it's just me. Maybe I need to have a better sense of humor, but I really didn't like it. Maybe it's just me. It is just you. And if you didn't like that sense of humor, they're not your person to even go on a date with. They're just not. This whole thing of, and my, and I just had a recent conversation about this, the whole thing of, of women not believing somebody when they tell them who they are. And there's that Maya Angelou quote that we always say, believe that she has said, when the first time somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Mm. And as you're dating, I think there's this, this mindset of, well, you know, maybe I just get to know them better. Mm. If you're, or maybe this is my triggers. Oh, ladies, let's remove that from our vocabulary. And let's replace it with, maybe this is my body sending me a message. Your triggers from whatever they are and whatever you've experienced is your body's mechanism and memory disk and your, your terabyte iCloud storage unit mm-hmm. where it takes all that information. And then sometimes it can't label exactly what the instance is, but it's firing like this feels an awful lot like that. Remember when that happened with that dating relationship? So instead of diminishing your body by saying, it's just my triggers, I'm going to go ahead and go on this date. Instead of diminishing your body like that, say, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. My body's telling me something right now. I need to listen to that. Mm. And it might mean you don't go on a date. If you are in your body and it feels good and the guy is given good vibes and you want to go on a date, do it. But I am always going to go back to a Google phone number. I'm always going to go back to a Google phone number. If you're on a dating site to have a separate custody or not have a separate number. If you give someone your phone number, they instantly have access to you, where you live and where all your family lives. And there are people out there intent on doing harm. It's not, it's not a bad thing to have a separation until you really get to know somebody. And I'm not saying live in fear of that. Not at all. What I'm saying is, Be super smart. The more things you put in place that give you an element of control over your own life, including the recognition of the feelings in your body, the more you'll make the decision and you'll know, yes, it's time for me to go ahead and start dating. And let me say one more thing. If you go on a date and you go on a date and you have like 50 fantastic first dates and then something happens that is so jarring so unhinged and you think oh my goodness how did I miss it you didn't don't judge yourself on that you just didn't have information yet you always say that yep you just didn't have the information yet I just worked and I want to be I just worked with with a woman a couple weeks back a year a year she had spent with this person and she didn't show up on time for something And he let loose with an expletive filled C word rant, including how fat and stupid she was that lasted 15 minutes. What? 
and she's left going, what, yeah. what? Yeah. And he apologized profusely. He's under so much stress because of his dad and his dad is sick and his, you know, this, this, this. She mm -hmm. offered grace. I, I, Maya knows at that situation, I'd be like, I'm out. Like I I'm out. Like you don't, you wouldn't ever do that to your neighbor. You wouldn't ever do that to another man, but you're going to do that to me. No way, dad, dude. But she offered grace and the abuse from there just got worse. Um, yeah. So people, and turns out living a whole separate secret life and yeah. that, and this is like, keep in mind that happened several weeks ago. I've, I've had instance after instance of that same situation present itself since then. It's, it's, it's a thing, ladies. That's so right. is it still a thing? Yeah. No, I mean, different women having the same instance yeah. of that kind of behavior happening. And then, so you have to, do, you have to know that once somebody presents to you who they are, now you have the information to act. Mm. Yeah. So don't beat yourself up. We can't be perfect after divorce. We can't be perfect after abuse and think, oh my gosh, I have to know all the things because I can't make that mistake again. The reality is if you sit into your body, you will figure it out and you'll know. And you'll also hopefully lend yourself to the first time somebody shows me who they are, I will walk away versus, well, it's just me. Yeah. And I think like, yeah. <laughs> That's like such a challenging thing for me right now. I feel like of like walking away. Uh, I don't know, Caroline. It's like, I've learned so much from walking from the walking way. Like you've seen seasons where I've been like, right. Hey, um, you're like, how'd it go? And I'm like, I left. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like he said this and then you're like, what'd you do? I was like, I said goodbye. Um, and so I think that, yeah, walking away and like, I think there's so much I just like, there's so, it's so good when it's, you recognize like, oh, like, why didn't I like, how did I not see this? And it's like, you didn't have the information that you have now, but now that you have this information, what are you going to do with it? And I know like for everyone's situations also very different. Like I know for you, you exactly. were like, so far removed from your intuition that you were like, I need to walk away from literally anything that is not aligning with my body because you were so far removed from your intuition that you were like, I have to do this to teach myself that I can be trusted. Um, right. 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 Exactly. And I, I think like, I think, but I think, I think we're going in different directions. I think like, as far as like a timeline though, for, from, from talking to dating, I think that like, um, getting to know somebody in depth is really important going from talking to dating. And I feel like that process can be rushed out of excitement. And I'm like, definitely no like guru on this, like by any means, but just from my own trial and error, I think that I once heard someone say, you never hear people regret waiting, but you hear a lot of people regret moving too fast. And I really liked that because people aren't like, oh, like we just waited and we just like got to know each other and we just like took our time and like, oh, this time's wasted now. But it's like most people are like, oh, we moved too fast. I didn't know him. Like I didn't take time to get to know him. And then like I just didn't see these things and I didn't realize who he actually was. And 
we move too fast for our feet. And it's like, that's where I feel like a lot of the like regret comes in. So I think like taking time, I don't think there's one easy answer here of like, there isn't. Yeah. But I do think like giving yourself, I always go by the three month rule. I have, I don't always go. I don't always listen to the three month rule. But I think the three month rule is a good idea because it's like the 90 day process. They say where you like give yourself 90 days. I always kind of like that area. That's like a very comfortable area. But when it's, it just depends when it's like, like I don't know. I could go in so many realms of like the church and the spiritual world and like people who date quicker and the pressures of like dating quicker in Christian circles versus like when I've dated guys who aren't Christians, like the 90 day check mark is like innate. Like that is like what people do is like 90 days. And that's not always true in like Christian circles though. So it's just interesting, but I'm literally just going on a tangent for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's, I, I wish we had some hard and fast, Hey, here's the rules. I think if you can acknowledge that your timeline is yours and that you really need to get attached to your feelings of what you want and what feels good in a relationship. And that means if the words, maybe it's just me, have ever been part of your vocabulary or are a large part of your vocabulary, then you should take extra time because your feelings matter. And if you say to someone, I need to go more slow, and they're like, then I'm not going to see you. Okay, great. Great. Go ahead and find somebody else. <laughs> That's if you if you were feeling I need to rush into it, then know that as big as you love, if it falls out of a situation, then that big of the fall is going to be as intense and large as the immediacy of running and falling and pursuing something. That's just part of it. You just need to know that. And if you're going to be diligent and wait, then be diligent and wait and know that if somebody's not respecting that. Well, then you can come to a middle ground of like, okay, can we meet halfway? Because this is where my my peace lies. And if that answer is no, well, then you've been given your answer of who that person is and what they need. And it's not you. And they, most importantly, are not what you need. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So good. We covered, we covered, we covered some ground here. We did. Look at us answering questions. Look at us. Yes. There's so many more. Um, sorry, this is what we can do today. Uh, but yeah, super grateful that we could just like pop around and answer different questions and that we have mama mentor Caroline here to give us all of her wisdom. Um, so yeah, super grateful for you. And, uh, I'll probably put something up to submit more questions soon once we fill all of these questions. Or, I mean, maybe it's just even going through one thing in particular. Um, so if there's like a particular topic, like I know a lot of people like to talk about dating or they, a lot of people like to talk about self-regulation and learning to listen to your body. And we can just truly like dive in, and dive in. I think that could be even more helpful in my opinion. So Maybe we'll just try to find like a theme and then like dive into that theme for a while. Yeah. And it might be a big enough theme that it has to cover several episodes because there's a lot of nuances. And so, yeah, that we can see how that goes. But I think that's a great, great discussion, Maya, way yeah. to, to bring it in. Yeah. Um, I want to say, remember that your feelings matter, that you are valued and cherished and loved beyond measure and that there is nothing that you can ask or do that makes you less than or should be a need to squash yourself. So keep showing up as your authentic you 
in your world here at your job and do it consistently. And, and man, you are just stellar community here and treasured. So thanks for being with us. Yeah. All right, guys, tune in on Thursday for um, our next story on what was her name. And then next week, uh, yeah, we'll come back with Mama Mondays. And um, yeah, super grateful for you guys in this space. Love you guys.